from legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode or go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Coming up, from July's meeting of Ipswich City Council, Mayor Teresa Harding joins the show. Council is on track for a more permanent presence in local libraries, partly reversing a previous decision to close divisional offices. Highlights from Council's submission on Inland Rail, the first provisional projects report and why, and in another first, school students make their pitch direct to councillors. It's Thursday, July 22, 2021, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Time again for a regular catch-up with Ipswich Mayor Teresa Harding after the monthly council meeting. Thanks for joining Ipswich today, Mayor Harding. Thank you for the invitation, Alan, and thank you to listeners. Divisional officers, although I shouldn't call them that because they have a new name, <laughs> local officers in existing libraries are set to return. There was a lot of discussion about this notice of motion from Deputy Mayor Nicole Jonick. Will there be no additional costs? Well, that's what we have to find out. Look, it was unanimously supported. Um, you know, all of us uh, were elected to, to represent our community, and whilst the, the office is very... Very, very lovely. Uh, we wish to be more out in with, with residents and so on. We don't want to take on the cost of having local electoral offices. They cost um, $8 million over a four-year term. But we do have libraries, so we have asked the council to look at that um, in setting up um, you know, semi-permanent offices in, in our libraries in Rosewood and, and Springfield uh, Central and also Red Bank Lane. Well, I guess it's fortunate that uh, two of those you mentioned, uh, Springfield Central and Rosewood, are relatively recent additions to council's mm fleet of libraries and they're quite large premises so I guess you're hopeful that there will be no additional cost. Yeah that would be good and I think one thing that we've done too with the new council is making sure that we set up what's called council connect in those two libraries which means um, you can also like pay your rates or make inquiries about council or put a service request in or pay your dog license or you know that sort of stuff too so Mm -hmm. they're things that you couldn't do before in the electorate office so look we just wanted to make sure get that mixed right so we can still be accessible to residents we at the moment um, we are the meet we do meet at a cafe or we meet in the essentially here in the CBD or we meet at the library or we meet at people's homes and things like that. So I guess we're just looking at um, other ways for us to, um, I guess, spend more time with residents. Also in uh, this month's meeting, the council submission on inland rail was tabled. Uh, what are the main points from that submission? Look, the main things with that submission was um, the, the inland rail project has provided funding for the council to provide a submission. And we've gone through the environmental impact statement and given feedback. Um, a bit like the... Um, I guess the, the Calvert to Kagaroo, that this part, the Hilladon to, to Calvert area, there's a lot of concern from residents about the level crossings. I think there's about 16 of them. And we're expecting within Land Rail every 30 minutes for trains to be going through. So imagine you know, a 1.8 kilometre train coming through at a level crossing every 30 minutes and the impact on that, on, on local traffic. There's also some concern in the community that the modelling for floods was not accurate. And certainly residents showed us photos of different flood events to show that you know that you know we were querying the inland rail um, 
um, figures and their, what they were saying was going to happen. So there, and also the other issue is noise. So there doesn't seem to be much um, leeway in the proposal from Inland Rail to for any noise abatement, which is quite disappointing. So look, they're probably the three biggest things that we've raised with inland rail and obviously when we, we put that towards the uh, to the coordinator general. I take it from that there were quite a number of submissions from the public. Yeah, look, we've attended all the um, consultative committees that the inland rail project has put, put forward and, and just listened to the residents and they've obviously contacted us. Uh, Councillor Sheila Island and Councillor Jacob Madsen have been real champions here. They've spent a lot of time listening to, to residents and actively have gone out to, to seek feedback. Um, so hopefully we've captured the views of the residents um, in this submission. Something new on the agenda for July. Uh, what's behind the provisional projects report to council? Yeah, look, this is a project. Uh, this is a policy uh, that we brought out in end of last year. Um, it is new. I guess in the past the council used discretion, discretionary council funds uh, for that, but obviously that's um, basically been massively depleted under legislation. But what we're looking at is in an open, transparent way, how can we get some smaller little projects, whether it's um, building a fence at a park or moving a park bench or um, you know, improving lighting at a park, rather than putting it on a three-year capital works project and taking a long time to get done, for some of these smaller ones, how can we get them fixed in, this, um, in, in the current financial year? So we, in our budget, allocated half a million dollars to look at those projects. So as you, if you watch the live stream, we said, we said a fair bit of time and, and some of the councils were very proactive in, in getting their submissions up and getting their costings up and others were still working on that. So look, we didn't make a decision um, at uh, the council meeting, um, but we will be going through that in greater detail. And I think in the future we'll probably workshop that so we can um, work that a bit, a bit smoother, I guess. Uh, something of a first also this month, a presentation from girls' grammar students uh, before councillors. How did this come about? Obviously, we're involved with many, many schools. We've got a, a number of schools who are queued up to come and see us. And uh, the first class of the rank was the Ipswich Girls' Grammar. Uh, they did a, a hack, a hackathon, um, to look at different ways to um, improve our community. And so, the, uh, I guess, a, a hack for community impact is what it was called. So, they, they uh, the three top winning ideas, um, presented to council. Um, they were very good. They were very disciplined. They followed the meeting procedure. They had a certain time limit they had to stick to, uh, four minutes for each each of the four each of the three groups. And they did a great job in explaining how they'd like to improve volunteerism for, for youth, um, how to improve our community safety, um, and also looking at how do we increase um, kindergarten kids' participation in Red Bank Plains because it's currently at 50% and the, in Brisbane it's 95%. What really impressed you most about the presentations from the students? They were very articulate. Um, they put a lot of thought. Like they looked at a problem. Like they obviously identified a problem, and they put a, a lot of thought. You can see into different ways of approaching the problem. So very innovative ways. I think different things are what I would have thought of, of of solving a problem. So I think it was really good to to hear from them. The reimagined Ipswich Festival, now known as the Spark Festival, has uh, just completed. How do you think it went? And what's been your immediate feedback from residents? Uh, the immediate feedback from residents has been spectacular. I think it's exceeded our, our um, expectations. Um, we, last year when we were planning this, we, ha- we knew we had to do something COVID safe, which means ticketed events and a- events outdoors. And the, the feedback from the community from um, Delight, which was the local artist artwork on St Mary's Church, as well as Refraction, which was the water jets and the light play and the and the music at a, at a Riverlink along the you know along the Bremer River there, as well as Pixel Little Day Out at Ripley on the weekend, um, just had such phenomenal. Uh, the 
Wester Waghorn, which was 16 live music acts one of the Saturday nights. We've just had phenomenal feedback, so it's been really great to hear. Well, all that'll go in the melting pot for uh, next year. Was there any uh, negative feedback from residents? Obviously, um, at night time, it's cold in winter in Ipswich, so (laughs) um, I guess uh, guess that's the time of the year. It's a good time to, to rug up. Um, and I'll, I will sit down with some of the councils to go through some of the things that we can improve on next. There's always things that we can improve on. But overall, I think it was a huge success. Uh, we also got a lot of media and a lot of visitors from outside Ipswich as well. I know a lot of people from Ipswich visited, but I think that's a really positive thing for us as well. I think you mentioned this at the council meeting, but this was nothing really to do with the meeting itself. But earlier this week, you attended the opening of a $2 million extension. That sounds like some playground at uh, Red Bank Plains Reserve. Uh, what's been installed there? Yeah, look, last year um, the, the state government um, did a COVID work, so it was more about stimulating the economy and making sure people were employed. So we were very fortunate to get quite a bit of money from the um, state government. Uh, so Red Bank Plains Re- um, Recreation Reserve, we had planned to do a, a, quite a big upgrade there. So we're going to create a brand new toddler younger kids play area, brand new toilets, new footpaths, um, new lighting, um, shade sale cloths and a whole lot of stuff. So that was a $2 million project and the state government kicked in $1.8 million for that and the council um, $200,000. So it's a beautiful park. I went and saw it um, during school holidays. It was very busy. And when I went earlier uh, this week, it was also very busy with mums and dads and people having, um, uh, someone was having a birthday party there as well. So it's a very popular park already. Finally, Mayor Harding, we can't let this go by without mentioning the Olympics in 2032. What an exciting week for not just Brisbane, but all of South East Queensland. What's it going to mean for Ipswich? Ipswich is an Olympic city. I mean, we, we will be hosting Olympic events. We, will, we have the modern pentathlon coming here as well as preliminary soccer matches. Um, we're also in the mix for other events as well. And also we'll be competing for Paralympic events as well. So... Um, I think this is just so tremendous for our city to be an Olympic city. It's great for athletes. I think it's great for our business. And I think it's just great for civic pride as well. In terms of infrastructure, there's a few that I can think of that should be uh, bumped up the list very quickly. That would be the Springfield Central, the Ipswich Central Rail Link to help mm-hmm. people get around. Uh, would there be any others on your list? Well, you'd know, Alan, from, I mean, this, this idea of the, um, the, the Olympics bid started because of a need for, for more um, transport infrastructure in southeast Queensland. Um, the Council of Mayors in 2015 commenced this bid and the sole focus was to get more transport infrastructure. So we definitely need a way for people to move around much easier. So yeah, certainly the Springfield Central to Ipswich train line, uh, the second bridge crossing, um, certainly I think need to be done. Um, and you would expect to be Cunningham Highway and the Warragul Highway certainly done by 2032. That shouldn't be part of the Olympics. Uh, but we're also looking at infrastructure here that we would like to see, like the North Ipswich Reserve, um, so we can host matches there, but also the showgrounds and the convention centre there. If that's upgraded, we could post um, boxing and, and weightlifting there as well. Let's hope at least some of those come to fruition, Mayor Harding. 2032, it's 11 years away, and the first thing I thought of was, how old will I be in 2032? <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people have. <laughs> and, and can you compete? <laughs> uh, the answer is no. <laughs> well, well, Look, the thing is like archery or shooting or... <laughs> something a bit more, bit more relaxed, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mayor Teresa Harding, as always, thanks for speaking with Ipswich today. Thank you for your interest. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Alan.
Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button at the bottom of the page. You can follow this podcast on your favourite app, including iHeartRadio, or play Ipswich Today from your smart speaker. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thanks for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.